Cook or Scott here from the announcements. Uh, great to see everybody. You are stuck with me uh, today, and Brother Ray is stuck on couch or wherever he may be at. We're praying for him, seriously. Uh, I don't want to joke when uh, someone's not uh, feeling well. I've, I think many of us have had back pain uh, before, and it is, it is not too uh, fun at all. There are many things I'd rather have than to have uh, uh, pain. And uh, uh, So I want you to be in prayer for a pastor, open up God's Word, the book of Exodus, chapter 16, and then also we want to be looking at Deuteronomy chapter 8, uh, verses 1 through 3. Really, we're going to focus on three verses, but obviously there are things that we need to make sure that we have um, understanding and our foundation in, in looking at these three verses. And we go back to Exodus 16 and and looking at the and the title, if you like to write down titles, I've kind of struggled with with tiling this message in, in different ways and, and praying through this to see exactly um, what the word that, that God would have me to share with you today and strongly convinced this is where we're at. If we were to give this a title, um, we could say more than bread. More than bread would definitely be appropriate uh, for the passage of Scripture in Deuteronomy 8, verses 1 through 3. And I've been thinking about been thinking about this, because in the Bible, these are real people, right? Real times, uh, just like you and me and circumstances that they lived in. And I don't know how many times that my daughter has told me that this is going to be in the history books. And, and we're going to look back to 2020 and talk about these times. And she'll talk about them, Lord willing, you know, with, with her kids and what happened in, in 2020 and reflect upon all this. And, and I think back thousands of years ago... And what it might have been like, it's hard, hard, to, hard to imagine. Um, but a family that would have been in, in Egypt, and Israelites who would have been slaves, but knowing that they were God's chosen people, and who would have been familiar somewhat with God's word, and, and been praying and, and crying out for redemption. And then here comes Moses, and their work is, is increased, and... They're kind of confused, and, and they're worried, and, and they're scared. And then the Passover is upon them. And then we're familiar with how many of the firstborn uh, die. But because of their act of, of faith and obedience, their firstborn is, is spared. And then they make it finally to the, to the Red Sea. And then here comes Pharaoh's army. You know, it's just kind of like that up and down roller coaster. If you've ever had a, a loved one and you think that they're okay and they've been fighting a battle with their health and you've prayed and you felt like they're healed and then all of a sudden they're not healed and um, you thought they were completely healed. You know, we're going to die from something. We pray for somebody to get healed and eventually they're going to die, right? Lazarus died. Uh, Jesus raised him from the dead, but he still died later on. But we pray for people and... They're better. We thought that they have, are victorious in their battle over cancer, but we learn they're in remission, and maybe it comes back or something later on. And it's the ups and, and downs. That maybe five years ago things were okay, and then all of a sudden later it's not. It's just kind of the back and forth. We thought our job was secure, and all of a sudden we find out that it's not. What we've been praying for, things are great, and then all of a sudden it's not. And then it's great again. And so for them, 
They feel like things are finally going good, but then they see Pharaoh's army upon them. And then they struggle in their faith. And what it would have been like to have had a child during that time and to worry about them. You know what it's like as a parent on your own. You're, you, know, you're, you know, with your faith, you, I'm, I'm okay, you know, so to speak, if something happens to me. But my child, it's a little bit harder. We worry about them. And so the child has been spared. Here comes the army. And then all of a sudden, Moses being the leader, the Red Sea is, is parted, right? And so they go through, and then, oh, wow, the sea comes caving in upon them. Everything's glorious. And then what happens? What do we see preceding this chapter? Something amazing happens. This is a wonderful time of, of celebration. We have the song of Moses, the song of Miriam. Things are going great. And then they enter into the wilderness, you ever watch a movie for the second time? <laughs> or you watch that ball game for the second time? We won't rehash some bitter memories in ball games, but when ball games were not on and they're showing all these reruns and you're thinking, I don't want to see this train wreck happening all over again. But you're, you're watching and you know what's going to happen and everybody's really happy. They're celebrating on the sidelines. They think the game is over and they've won, but you know something they don't know. And as you're looking in the wilderness, you know something they don't know. Everybody's so happy. But then all of a sudden, we have a heading maybe that you have in your Bible in chapter 15, verse 22, bitter waters made sweet. And we know Mara being bitter, and we think about bitter times. Verse 23, they could not drink it. And what happened when they got to a place and things didn't go their way? Tell me what happened when... Things were not going their way. Can anybody tell me? I, I really want the kids to be engaged in this too. What? They complained. Does that sound familiar? Things aren't going our way and they complained. I've heard it said, oh, we better be thankful. They just didn't have Facebook back in times like this, right? Oh, they complained. They, they complained. Yes, they did. And I think Brother Ray said that last Sunday. They they complained. Of course, they complained. They cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast in the waters, the waters were made sweet. And there he made a statue and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them. So they're being tested. We'll talk about that in a minute. And he said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who does what? Who heals you. I am the Lord who heals you. Now, I, we can give them a hard time, but if you get someplace and you get to water and you're thirsty, think about when you've been really, really thirsty. If you've been in the wilderness or if you've been in, in the desert and you've been without water for a while, think about how you've been if you've been without water for about six hours. And you get there, and you're ready for a good drink, and you realize you can't, right? And um, it's, it's bitter. It's, it's, it's not clean water. And uh, it, it would be easy, to, it'd be easy to complain. Like, what is going on? How come we're here, and why is, it, why, is it something, why is it not clean? Why are we here? You get to worrying about your kids. So, you know, we talk about having fun about being hangry, but seriously, we get irritable. We get upset. Whenever we're thirsty, whenever we're overheated, whenever we're hungry, whenever we've gone for a while and we do not have food. And, and so before we give them too hard of a time, we need to think about ourselves 
And think about that family, or think about the dad or the mom that had the boy there, and maybe not thinking about themselves, but had the kid who was thirsty, who was complaining also, because kids complain. And they're getting a little bit upset, and they're getting a little bit upset with their leader. Why did you bring us here? Why are we at this place? Isn't there another place here? Why didn't you take us over here? And so, but there is this message that God is telling them, if you listen to me, if you do what's right, everything's going to be okay. And God is testing them during this time. Again, stay with me. Kids, stay with me. Because during difficult times, and this has not been that long, God is just testing them. He's testing them when things are just a little bit uncomfortable and things are a little bit tough. How are they going to react? Now, how should they have reacted? It's quite simple for us to say now, but it had been really hard. Well, they should have just had faith and prayed. You have not for you asked not. Could have just said, God, look at everything you just did. Will you give us clean water? Instead of complaining, they should have just asked for it and asked for it in faith and just said, God is going to take care of us because reason stands, God has been so good to us all along. He is not going to just take us out here to allow these things to happen to us because our God is a good God. He is our Redeemer. But something happens not too long after this, correct? Well, you know the pattern, and here we are in chapter 16. They journeyed from Elam. All the congregation, the children of Israel, came to the wilderness of Sin, which was between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel... What does it say? What do you think they did? They get there, and what do they do? Lily just said it. What is it? They complain. They complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, this is what they said. Think about these words. It's not they're saying they're hungry, they're thirsty. What is your deal? Why don't we take a better path? They question their leadership or something like that or just grumbling or whining from hunger pains, listen to these words. You know them. You're very familiar with them. Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of where? Egypt. Very good. In the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Do you hear those accusations? We had it better when we were slaves. That's pretty, that's a short term memory loss, right? That's as severe as it gets. But it's a lot more serious than that. It's saying we had it a whole lot better before we even asked you to do something to enter into our lives, to rescue us. We had it better before our experience with you. We had it better before things got tough. We had it better then. We don't like it now that things are getting tough. We don't like this. We had it better then. Why did you bring us out? And this is what you're going to do. You're just going to kill us. And this is what the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day, that I may, and here's the word again, test them. He's testing them. He's testing them whether they will walk in my law or not. He's testing to see what they're going to do. And it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather 
daily. Now he gives them, and, and all, the, all the kids, I know you're not kids anymore because you're not in kids' church, right? Because you're here. But while you look at me, check out what happens. He gives them quail. He gives them meat in the evening. They just come out of nowhere. They don't even have to hunt. For all you that's hunters, they don't even have to hunt. They just come. It's amazing. And the next day, the, the glory of the Lord shows up, and after the dew is lifted, there's these, there's these flakes, and, and the Bible describes it as, as angels' food. Not that the angels ate it, or some may say it came from angels, but I wouldn't even focus on that. And that's not the message. It's from heaven. It's the bread of heaven. It's manna. And they look at it, and it's sweet tasting. It's, it's good. Imagine being able to eat something that sustains you, but that's sweet. And so they look at it, and it's delicious, right? It's got to be delicious. It comes from God. And they say, what is it? And so that's what they call it. What is it? What is it? You ever struggle for a, a name for your, your puppy or a pet? Man is a, a good name. What is it? What is it? Don't know what it is. What is, what is that looking? That's what man means, what is it? Hebrew, uh, language a lot different than ours. It's what is it? So that's what I'm going to call it. What is it? And that's what man means. What is it? And for 40 years, for 40 years, God feeds his people in the desert. When they wake up and the dew is lifted, they have bread from heaven. What is it? It's manna. He feeds them manna. And then one day, one day, they enter into Canaan. And they're finally able to observe the Passover. And I love produce. I used to be a produce manager for six years. I love love produce. And they're able to eat the produce of the land. And the very next day after they taste. Remember he said it's a land flowing with milk and the very next day after they had tasted from the land, the manna stopped. He fed them until they could eat from the land for 40 years. That's how God took care of his people. And that's how they ate. For 40 years, he did this for them. And that's a wonderful story. And everybody was happy and everything went great. And they were so thankful because all they had to do was go out there and get their food And they had enough for the rest of their day. And it was amazing. You know, they didn't have to worry about grilling out. They didn't have to worry about going to the grocery store. They didn't have to worry about going and and tilling land and going and and hunting and gathering and doing all these things. They just got up and they had their food. And everybody was so thankful and they worshipped God and they just loved it. And everybody was so close to God and families just worshipped God and they were so, oh, it was so wonderful, right? So I think about a family that had went and they had, they had complained and they got that and, and they talked to their dad and their mom, that kid, and they sees it and they're so excited, like kids here are really excited. And they say, what is it? What is it? This tastes so good. What is it? And they're told, just get enough for today. There's going to be more tomorrow. Don't get more than what you need. There's going to be more. But what happens? Some of them don't do it. 
they don't trust. Well, we got to get as much as we can. We don't know if it's going to be here tomorrow. We really don't know if this came from God or if he's just given us enough for today. Or what's, We can't trust him. So you help me, son. Get as much as you can. I'm going to get as much as I can. And then what happens later? Turns into maggots. Moses is upset. And then later on, remember what happens on the sixth day, then they can gather twice as much so they don't have to do so on the Sabbath. But some of them wouldn't do it. So on the Sabbath, they got up and they said, no, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get my manna. And then what happened? It wasn't there. So I think about the families on that day that said, all right, son, time to get our, what is it? <laughs> you ready? Let's get up, time to eat. And they go out there and their, and their children were hungry and their bellies were empty. And they got out there and they, they didn't see it. And they're being tested and they're learning. And they're just not getting it. So you would think that after a week that maybe things would change. But Lily could tell you if we read on to verse 17 that we could just look at verse 3 and we could find that word, the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained. They complained. They could have just prayed, just trusted God. He's been giving them all this. What is it? Could have gave them some more water, just trusted in them. Let's go ahead after that short introduction that we got and look at Deuteronomy chapter 8 verses 1 through 3 as you're turning there I want to tell everybody else another very interesting story because I had a, a young boy tell me something that he was greatly impressed in he got some shoes air cloud shoes or something like that he was telling me how much they cost he said, it feels like I'm walking on the clouds. He is just so impressed with the shoes. And uh, I tried to get him to let me wear them, but they just wouldn't in my size. And, but another thing about this, God took care of his people so much that they didn't need the Adidas shoes. Uh, they didn't need the diabetic shoes for people that had problems with their feet. Um, they didn't need all the Under Armour or whatever clothes that you got today that you're wearing. Their clothes, kids look at me, their clothes that they had when they entered into the land of the wilderness lasted them 40 years. They didn't have to worry about any more clothes or any more shoes. And did they have problems with their feet? Did they have to go to the foot doctor? No. God took care of them. And because of that, we didn't have to worry about them complaining or murmuring because God is the Jehovah Jireh and provided for their needs, right? Everything was so great and they worshiped the Lord and they talked to their kids and say, I'm so thankful, God, you took care of my kids' needs. You took care of their clothing. You took care of providing for their food. You've done all these things and we're so thankful and we're going to worship you and we're going to talk about your commandments. I'm going to teach them to my kids and we're just going to trust you and we're going to worship you. And that's the way it went, right? Does that sound familiar? Some of you got kids that their bellies are full. Refrigerators are full. They got more than one pair of shoes. They don't want for anything. So, so much to be thankful for. So much. There's so many people in our town that are so, so blessed right now. But do we take time to talk about them and, and to praise them? Verses 1 through 3 in chapter 8. 
He says, every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you. To know what was in your heart. Whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. That he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Father, I'm so grateful to be able to preach your word today. And I pray that every single person here would treasure your word. Families would see how important it is to talk about it, to share it with one another. And Lord, that we would share it with the lost. Tell other people about you. That we would not take it for granted. And that we wouldn't be found decades from now. People seeing the Bible and saying, what is it? And God, I pray that you would move in, in such a way that families today would spend more time in your word than ever before. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Not done just yet. Okay, alright. Two things. I want to talk about every commandment which I command you today every commandment he says every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord be careful to do everything God tells you to do in his word and then he says every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord be careful to do everything that God commands you to do in his word all of God's Word is God's Word. All of it from Genesis all the way to Revelation from the beginning all the way to the ending. All of, word, all of God's Word has application. Every single bit of God's Word has application. We have to study it and we have to ask God to show us how it relates to us and pray, study and pray. Just as simple as that. Even whenever you're looking at the genealogy, just study Keep on reading through the context. See, God, what is it that you would have me to see? Keep on reading. See how it fits in the grand scheme of things. Read God's Word and say, what is the message for me? Not to, not to cotton pick here or cherry pick here and cherry pick here or verse out. But say, God, what is it that you want me to see? Every bit of God's Word is God's Word. What do I mean by that, Brother Stephen? Read it all. Study it all. Not a verse here, not a chapter there, but read it all, study it all, share it all, be in God's Word, all of it. That's one of the reasons that you're here today, so that you can hear God's Word preached, that you can hear it explained. That's why we miss Bible study. That's why we miss being in Brother Jerry's Sunday school class and other people's Sunday school class and being in discipleship training or being in your Bible study on Wednesday night together so that you can talk about things. It's wonderful hearing our pastor explain. It's wonderful being able to tune in to listen or be a part of podcasts here and there, but being together in, in fellowship, talking about things, the discipleship that we have with one another, iron sharpening iron, being in God's Word. 
I'm not here to browbeat you. I'm so thankful that you're here right now to listen to God's Word as it's explained to you. But folks, we don't spend enough time talking together about God's Word. That's why we're hungering right now to be back together and celebrating the times and studying God's Word. But it's so important now more than ever that you're spending time with your families. My desire and my prayer and what's been in my heart so much that during this time and right now that you are spending time with one another talking about God's Word. Why talk about manna? Why talk about clothes that last? Why talk about we can go on further and you can look at Hebrews and see how there was that that pot of gold, that jar of gold that manna was in and how the tablets of the covenant were in it, how Aaron's rod that budded. You can talk about that to your family that that was in the Ark of the Covenant. You can look at all these things and talk about them to your family. Get in God's Word and study it, folks. It's amazing, but have these conversations. We're not talking about God's Word anymore with other people. Make sure that you're spending time studying, telling other people about it. Be in God's Word. If you are a carpenter, and you're a great carpenter, you do everything the way you're supposed to. You measure, you prime, you paint, you're skillful, you do everything, but you just don't sand. You said, I'm not going to do that. I'll do this, this, and this, but I'm not going to sand. How good of a carpenter would you do? How good of a carpenter would you be? What if you're somebody who's a great, you're a great painter? You'll do everything right. You'll tape, you'll cut, and you will sand if you need to sand. You'll, you'll putty, you'll do everything that you need to. You'll paint no matter what. No matter what the surface is, ceilings, whatever. You're the best painter in the world. But you know something? I'm only going to use the colors I want to use. <laughs> I, know you want me to paint, I, want to, I know you want it painted this color, but I'm going to use only my colors. Every commandment. See, folks, we have people, and I need to be careful, and you need to be careful. All of us need to be careful. We need to be in God's Word when He says every commandment and every word that proceeds from His mouth. It's not that we get to choose and say, well, I'm not going to sin, or I'm going to be able to paint in whatever color I want to do. I'll listen to this commandment. I'm going to do this, but I don't want to have any part of that commandment, what God is saying to do that. I'm not going to tell other people about God's Word. Or I'm not going to give this up in my life. Or I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. God says every commandment. And when we look back to this time, and we see how serious this is, we have a word of caution. Because I've looked at several different translations, and they translate it so carefully to use the word careful. It says be careful. Be careful to do everything God tells you to do in His Word. It requires careful attention and caution to avoid the danger of disobeying God's commandment. As He had told the fathers that they were going to the promised land. We think about Abraham. And what did He tell Abraham? He showed to Abraham concerning Isaac that he is Jehovah Jireh and that he is the one that will provide. He is the Lord who will provide. And folks, do you know that we can trust Him? Hasn't He proved to us before that we can trust Him? And it doesn't matter that if every single person that you knew that turned their back on God, that we would still follow Him, right? It does not matter. He's proven Himself faithful unto you. And He tested them to know what was in their hearts. He had revealed Himself to them. Moses said, Who shall I say to them that you are? He said, I am who I am. He 
revealed his name. He's Yahweh. I am who I am. They should have known. Back to 32 and 11, because they had not followed me wholeheartedly. He wanted to know what was in their heart. They had not followed him wholeheartedly. What about the the father or the mother that had the boy that God spared the firstborn? That they had the experience that that they saw in the Red Sea that it it had covered, it it went on and it it had just swallowed Pharaoh's army. And they sang their songs of praise and then they complained and God sent them quail. God sent them manna day after day after day. And then the time came that maybe that dad was one of the spies and he came back, but he wasn't a Caleb and he wasn't a Joshua. And he said, oh, it's amazing. So we can never do it. Maybe he wasn't one of them. He was one of the ones that said, oh, yeah, I agree. I agree with the ten. He said, we can't do that. He said, there's no way we can go over that land. And the word of God says, because they had not followed me wholeheartedly, not one of those who were 20 years old or more when they came up out of Egypt will see the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to those fathers. You see, that boy or that daughter, when the time came to go to the promised land, dad and mom was not there. Had they been 20 over the age of 20? All the experiences, all the memories they had of the parents complaining and murmuring and the times they come back from the report, they went. Moses preaching his farewell address. Moses, the temptation that he had in striking the rock rather than speaking to it. And the anger that he had, Moses would not cross over to the promised land. And he's preaching to him, and he's saying, remember this. He's pointing back to the time. Remember this. We have these accounts in in Exodus. We have these accounts in Numbers that we're referring to. And in Deuteronomy, he's preaching his farewell sermon. And he's telling them, you be careful. You be cautious. You remember what happened. You remember what happened. And they're thinking about their kids now. They're thinking about how important it is that they need to keep the commandments of the Lord. You shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep His commandments or not. So He humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. What is it? You remember when you were a little kid, you said, what is it? Dad didn't know. You didn't know. You remember that? What is it? That he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Why? Why did God feed you in this way? To know that your life cannot be sustained by any of your accomplishments or help from any others. You could have led them straight to a place where they could have hunted and gathered and they could have had confidence in their own accomplishments and their own skills. Look what I could do. I can provide for myself. I'm so glad I'm out of uh, Egypt now and I'm so thankful I can do these things that have this skill and I can do this. I'm so thankful for my education. I'm so thankful for the skill that I have. I'm so thankful that I've worked in this company. I'm so thankful that I climbed this ladder. I'm so thankful for all the things that I have, for the riches I have, for the money I have in my bank account, for all the things that I have done. I'm so proud of my accomplishments. I'm so thankful and grateful for who I've become, all the things I've done. And thank you, God, for making me who I am and for what I can do. Or for how they messed up. He didn't want them 
depending upon help from other people. Because that was their problem. Remember, if you go back, they, they whined and complained and said, I wish we were in Egypt. They had it so horrible in Egypt. But you know what? Egypt helped them and made sure they were fed and taken care of. As terrible as it was, God wanted them to see they did not need help from anybody to depend upon them. Who were they supposed to depend upon? Where was their very source and sustenance of life? More than bread. It is more than money. It is more than about the physical things of life and the necessities that we think that are so important unto us and the things that we complain about. And even when our health fails, as though as it did Job. Lord, give it and Lord, take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In the wilderness, they were humbled and tested to know what was in their heart and whether or not they would keep His commandments. And they, what was in their heart? Simply that they didn't want God to be telling them what to do for many of them. Or Moses to tell them what to do. They wanted to do what they wanted to do. It's good reflection for ourselves to look at us and to see where does our dependency lie. Remember every word that God is saying that we need to depend upon Him. God was teaching them something in times where they're being tested. And maybe you're being tested and maybe you're being tried right now. And I really am coming to an end. He's teaching them something to be dependent upon Him, the source and the sustainer of life. Remember what Christ said or pastor preached such wonderful messages on the I Am statements? He is the, the bread of what? Oh, it's a foreshadow of Christ. He was led into the wilderness to be tempted. Satan even likes to use the Word of God, doesn't he? Christ quoted it right back. That man shall not live by bread alone, but needs some peanut butter to go along with it. Is that what he said? No. But by every word proceeds from the mouth of God. It's a foreshadow of Christ. He is the bread that came down from heaven. Everything was pointing to Christ. All of God's word is all of God's word, and every bit of it is about Jesus Christ. Christ and points us to our dependency upon Him. And He is sufficient. Can I ask you, do you know Christ? Is your faith in Christ? Or is it in yourself? Or is it in someone else? If your faith and your trust is not in Jesus Christ, I pray that it would be. We're praying for you right now that you would realize that only He can sustain you only He can fulfill you. Only He can give you that which lasts. Let's pray. Father, we love You. I am thankful for the people who are listening right now. I am thankful for the people who are here right now and have made sure their families are here. Uh, we go through times where we're being tested and where we're being tried. Lord, help us to endure, help us to have strength and encouragement, help us to cling to your word, our daily bread.
God, help us to, to realize what is so much more than just physical things that we need to rely upon is you. Only you can satisfy. And only you can fill our deepest need. And Lord, the need for salvation that many people have right now cannot be found in, in friends that may help them out and in money that may give them a sense of false security. But Lord, only in you it gives them eternal life and abundant life. And Lord, may we lead the way for the generations to come in treasuring your word and talking about it. For it's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen.